right, welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode 20, and I'm Ty Miller. Tonight I'm joined by Dynasty Frank. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Very well. And you know why? Oh, I do know why. Yeah, because we have an NFL fantasy stud, a comedian, the host of Madden Live, Adam Rank. What's going on, Adam? Hello. I, I think you should put that we are we're uh, uh, contemporaries in a fantasy league as well, and <laughs> we we made it we made it all the way to the finals. We did. It was Adam. It, it turned into a blood feud. It was. I'm still I'm still hurting from that. Still hurting. You know, I don't want to humble brag what... by saying I'm in a league with you, but since you brought it up, hey folks, I'm in a league with Adam, and I was in the finals with him. <laughs> Yeah, you probably should have won. Although I like that team that I had. Yeah, yeah, you got. There were good two guys. teams. There were two teams I had. I know. I don't. Nobody wants to hear my fantasy tales, but uh, there were there were two teams that I had, and that was one of my favorite ones. I was really like stoked on that team that was kind of scuffling during the regular season. Where I'm like, ah, oh, just get to the playoffs and I'll win. Yep. And then uh, it happened. I was elated. I'm sorry that it it came at your expense. Cause my wife is like. Hey, uh, do you do you let those guys win? Like it, it'd be a cool thing. <laughs> and I'm like, hell no. I go, he wouldn't like it if he didn't earn it. No, that's true. Right. But I got, league. and every once in a while, I got to represent. I'm like, I did because like I do two of these leagues, and I think we've done it for like three or four years now. Yeah, at least three years. And I'm like, I'm getting beat by everybody. Like I, every once in a while, have to go out and show, like, hey, wait, no, I know what I'm doing. Like yeah, I, flex those muscles, I legitimately mean no fantasy. But. It's it's kind of like a lose lose situation, Adam. Like if if like Ty would have beat you in the championship, you're like, oh my god, you lost to a noob. <laughs> and and if, yeah. and if you didn't and and when you did win, you're like, oh, of course, of course, you beat Ty. Right. You know, supposed supposed to, to, yeah, right? I was supposed you, to. Yeah. Supposed to. So it would be ridiculous if you didn't. All the pressure is on Adam to win. So. That's right. You're right. I'm quitting the league now. You, you make perfect sense, Dynasty Frank. Uh, go out on top, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm retiring. <laughs> so, so Adam, I mean, I I met you basically uh, the first time I talked to you was via Twitter, and that's because right. uh, I have a Slayer avatar, and you were asking me about who my favorite drummer was for Slayer, and right. uh, we got to talking about that, and then you invited me into the league. But everybody else knows you pretty much through uh, NFL.com, and they see you on NFL Network. Um, how the hell did you get that gig? I'm curious. Uh, a lot of luck, a lot of uh, being in the right. You know, you hear people talk about that, like being in the right place at the right time. And really, that's what happened to me. I was a, um, I went to, I went to a, a public college, Cal State Fullerton. Very humble. Uh, I really was only going to college to kind of like, just so my parents wouldn't be super bummed on me because I had this plan. <laughs> I just planned to be a comedian, and so I just that's all I wanted to do, and I loved comedy growing up, and even when I was in college, I was working at the improv as a bar back and all that stuff, so, but at some point, I didn't realize this when you went to college, they uh, they make you pick a major, and they <laughs> actually, yeah, they actually ask you to graduate at some point, too, which I thought was bizarre. I'm like, oh, okay. I just I just figured you went for four years, and you're like, okay, thanks, it's just like high school. Just right. tell me what to take, and I'll get out of here. Like, I don't know. We're a, we're a humble family. I was the first one in my family to graduate from college, so I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to feel our way through this thing. And, uh, but, uh, but 
but through uh, luck and circumstance, I was uh, I was uh, I was uh, courting a uh, a young lady. No, oh. in uh, in college, yes. I believe it or not, I uh, I, I met a female or two, and uh, this <laughs> this gal. But it was cool. She goes, uh, her brother-in-law or something. She's like, hey, do you know he works for the NFL? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I was at a Rams game, and I noticed in the masthead, uh, you know, like, oh, NFL Publishing's in, um, in Los Angeles. And I was a journalism major because I hated taking tests, and I just wanted something where all I had to do was write. So doing journalism, I was covering high school football games for the LA Times, and I applied for this internship. And uh, as li- again, like, like obviously, like people going for an NFL publishing internship, you have like the cream of the crop, like people right. from USC or like Loyola Marymount or any of the like real colleges around um, the 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 area here, not you know Cal State U. Uh, but as luck would have it, the guy who's doing the hiring was an old LA Times editor. Oh, and I man. sat, I sat in his office for twenty minutes talking about like, hey, does uh, does Craig Stanky still work there? Who's this guy? Does <laughs> does this guy work there? And I was like, oh yeah, and Chris Foster, you know, name dropping. And he's like, all right. And I'm like, oh, that was the interview. And then a week later, he called me, and then uh, I went and interned for them, uh, and then never left. I just kept coming back. I just called like, <laughs> I did my internship. I did my internship and. Uh, you know, the next summer, I was working for the uh, – I did a internship in minor league baseball. And then I just called him up. I'm like, yeah, so uh, uh, am I interning again? And he goes, oh, yeah, sure. Because, like, he's like – he was like he, – he still is. He's an old crotchety guy who didn't want to go through the – the. he didn't want to hire, like, have to go through all those resumes. He's yeah. like, yeah, if you want to do it again. And so the third time, I was actually out of college. Third time. Third time, man. Listen, I'm not proud. I um <laughs> third well that's the thing like it was it was actually like really cool because you would go and intern and like hang out and it was pretty cool and then uh the then the the the, the internship was over and I would just go back to waiting tables or doing whatever yeah um and then after the third time I was actually out of college so I just kept show I pulled the Costanza I just kept showing up <laughs> like even though the intern and I went I swear to you like I went two months. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, what are you working on? And I'm like, oh, we're doing this card set for the Hall of Fame and working on some other things. They're like, okay, cool. And then, like, one day the boss shows up and he goes, hey, um, yeah, your internship's over. And I'm, like, sweating it. I'm like, oh, right. man. Gravy train's over. He's like, yes, yeah, so we're just going to hire you on. Like, he, held, he, he handed me a little yellow post-it note, like, here's what we're going to be paying you. And, wow. uh... That was it. And it was like no big formal thing, no announcement, nothing like any like nothing like whatever. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I just work here now. And then uh, I just didn't go away. I just wouldn't let them like they even had they even shut down the office, laid everybody off, and then yet somehow I'm still working there. And then wow. I just keep going. Yeah, it's a it's a classic cockroach tale of just <laughs> being just at the right away. place. It's yeah, the and like it's the Costanza dream. You pulled off the perfect Costanza. Yep, God, <laughs> that's fantastic. It really but. was, and even the fantasy thing, because like I was editing, like I was, I was gonna say, like in two thousand nine, I was editing, um, like uh, AP Wire stories, 
real terrible, and I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here because I've been doing some side work. <laughs> well, I've been doing some side work. I wanted to ride a little bit more. So uh, I went into the tell this other guy who is then the boss, like, yeah, this isn't really doing it for me. Like, I, I, I need to start looking around for something else. And he goes, hey, he goes, uh, do you play fantasy sports? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, you'll probably be able to figure out who he's talking about through process of elimination. But he's like, yeah, <laughs> we have one guy doing fantasy. Nobody likes him. Uh, nobody wants <laughs> nobody to work with him. Likes him. Like, <laughs> would you mind? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, yeah, yeah. I said I'll do it, and then uh, so I was doing that stuff, and then the guys, then their uh, the video guy came up to me, and he goes, "Hey, you're doing some fantasy stuff." Like, it's like you're a co comedian, right? And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Hey, do you want to do some videos?" Like, you know, we. <laughs> I'm like, "All right." And then the next thing you know, I'm on a fantasy show, and I'm like, "I don't know how I got here." Like, Adam, you, you realize you realize your life's like a movie, right? I mean, <laughs> this is this would be a great film. <laughs> It makes no picture, sense. I can picture Aaron Sorkin writing your life, your life story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it. ridiculous, and like, because like, it, it's funny too, because like when I was, um, when I was, uh, when we let, when they shut down that office, I was still like working for them. I was ghostwriting uh, for Chris Collinsworth, who is a super cool guy. I know. He, I hate he when gets he gets a lot heat. Of he gets a lot I know. Of on uh, the Twitterverse, but yeah, so he's a cool guy, huh? Super cool, super nice. So I'm doing that stuff. I'm working for a local newspaper out here, the Orange County Register, and I go and I tell the sports editor, um, because they're like the web was be the the World Wide Web was becoming a big thing. It was like 2006 <laughs> or so. Uh -huh. I said, hey, uh, I said, hey, you know, like uh, we should do some like fantasy content. And he goes, well, he's like, we we put out a, a a section in the paper, you know, in August, and that's it. And I'm like, no, I go, you're not getting it. Like, you guys have this this space and the internet that you don't have to worry about column inches. I will voluntarily write uh, fantasy stuff for you guys mm -hmm. for just just I want the exposure because I had right. a little sports blog at the time, and he's like, no. Nah. Like fantasy sports, that stuff's stupid. It'll never catch on. <laughs> no, not going anywhere. True story. And you know what? The funny thing is, eventually, well, this isn't funny because somebody lost their job. That guy lost his job. Um, but he got laid off, and I'm not kidding. He's working for one of the like either Yahoo or CBS, co copy editing fantasy stuff. Oh. oh. Like the irony of ironies. Yeah. I was like trying to be. I was trying to help out. Trying to help, I got everyone in the lead. Like I, I don't know, but so Life it is what him. it is. Mm -hmm. Life trolled him. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now you're now you're at NFL Network headquarters. Yes. And so you you've been there since you said what 2009. You've been actually doing the writing and the videos. Bro, uh, my first internship, and I was again. I don't know, 18 or something, was in 95. So this whole wow. thing, yeah. I, w I went back full-time at 2007, started doing those videos, because I think the Fantasy Live show started in 2009. So I've been That's there forever. I don't know anything else. You don't need to know anything else. That's a great spot. Don't yeah. leave it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we all aspire to end up. <laughs> yeah. So no, I understand. Like it's, it's a pretty fortunate circumstance. Yes. 
That's why, you know, and that's why it annoys me. Like, when you're at the Super Bowl, like, I think the Super Bowl is all... I love the Super Bowl. I love Radio Row, and I love mm-hmm. everything that goes along. Like, the madness of it all. Yeah. And you see these guys, because there's like a... Uh, there's a lounge upstairs in the convention center, and where all the old, like, crusty journalists just hang out. And every single one of them is just super pissed at the world. <sighs> and I'm like, oh, man. I go, I feel so bad for you guys. Like, your company flew you out to one of the most awesome cities in the world to come talk about a great sport and like everything's free. Like I, I get to, I can go take 30 diet Pepsis from that machine over there. <laughs> They're going to whisk you to a, a, a media party on Tuesday night and give you a bunch of free booze. I'm like, I, I can't deal. I, I cannot deal with people who have to just be upset about that all the time. And yeah, so they're jaded. Yeah. That, I don't know. But I, you have no reason to be. You have an easy job. True. Like it, just for, for some reason, what, while you're 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 telling us that story, I'm thinking of Mike Francesa in my head. You know, I don't right. know if you guys know whom. Mike Francesa, he hates everything. Oh, come on! Ah, oh, give me a turn my mic on. Turn my mic on. <laughs> screaming at sound guys. I'm like, this guy's just angry. He's been doing it for like 30 years, and he's just angry. He hates everything, and he gets everything handed to him. And believe Was, me, he. Us at work are like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly yeah. Everybody, all these. Was old he guys, the Mike and the Mad Dog guy? Yes, yes. Yeah, that guy yeah. just seems upset all the time. He's always upset, always, <laughs> always. And when people call him out on like he'll have a hot take, like, and a week later his his hot take is just blown up, or he was at a hundred percent wrong. People call up his show. Just to troll, <laughs> just to troll him, and he refuses to admit to that. I never said that. I never said that. And meanwhile, he a hundred percent said it. They put it on YouTube. They like, oh, anyway, yeah. That's exactly what. That's exactly who I pictured when you were telling that story. You can't do that stuff anymore. You can't go to the I never said that card because now everybody's got access to anything you've ever said. Ever. It's not like because what was the alternative like back in the early 2000s, like, would you have to, like, record a, a radio show with, like, your tape deck or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, send it to them in the mail, like, listen to this. <laughs> you to said... I just want to do a cassette. You totally said Andy Pettit was going to stink. When you get it in the mail, I want you to acknowledge it. I never got that. I never got your cassette. Never. I never got that cassette. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, what's, uh, what's something that you know, Frank and myself and the listeners might be shocked or find funny that goes on behind the scenes at NFL Network. Anything you got? Anything that's a little strange? I mean, we know Matt Harmon carries around uh, Charlie, his dog, in like a, a velvet bag. But, of course, uh, there's yeah. a velvet pillow. <laughs> a velvet pillow. <laughs> no, so, is there anything you got for us? That you would not realize how popular car chases are in the newsroom. <laughs> like any time. There's a car chase. Like, something big in the league could, could happen, but if it's going on while there's a car chase, nobody's paying attention. So since <laughs> like, everybody's enamored. Like, there's people, they have this thing called Slack. Like, it's an in-house, it's sort of like email, but it's like instant messenger or something, and people, and we get all these channels pumped into our building anyways. So people will be like, channel, Channel 54, everybody. We've got a car chase in Houston. And, like, everybody's watching it. In Houston. And everybody. Like, people are really getting into it and, like, really yelling and uh, really screaming. 
So they're and, rooting uh, it, for they're rooting for these criminals to get away from the cops. I just think like, there's a, there's a lot of action going on. Right. But right. I think that there is I think there is some element that you are rooting for that person to get away, and I think it's because the movies have jaded us. Because in every OJ, movie, OJ all over again. You just well, OJ like we are. Come on, we are rooting against OJ. Is that <laughs> no, the, no, by that, the way? How old you guys are? You, okay, were you guys probably not old enough to know what was happening when o, the OJ thing was going on? Because it's so fascinating. No, we were old enough. Oh, I was old enough. I was watching the Knicks, yeah. the Knicks in the playoffs, and they cut to OJ, and I'm screaming at the television. What the hell's <laughs> going on? Why am I watching a Bronco? I, and then they put the little corner. In the, the the little window in the corner of of the Knicks blowing it, but yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> That's crazy. Like I, and it's so weird because like people, you know, in the office they'll be talking about it. Like yeah, I remember being out here when all that was going on, and people will stop what they're doing. Like really, like what? Like they act like I'm talking about. Co- they act like it's a, a festival like Coachella or something. Like no man, this was like somebody died. Like this wasn't a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Like it was not a fun memory of mine, but like that was it. I don't. I was trying. To, I was on a. Uh, I was on a radio show uh, with Travis Rogers, and we were trying to piece. I'm like, I don't remember. Like, I, if I was, uh, I guess I was in college. Um, but I go, yeah, I go. I was in college, and I remember like that summer, just not work. You know, I had a night job, so you'd work at. You know, you're a waiter at night and doing all that stuff at the improv. So during the day, I had nothing to do but except for watching the OJ trial. Watch the trial, yeah. And I would sit there, and I, I my life revolved like when Lance Ito's like, okay, everybody adjourn uh, for lunch. I'm like, okay, and I would go <laughs> no, out, go to lunch, <laughs> be somewhere, and then be like, I got to get back at two. Th- I got to be back by two thirty. Like I don't know, I don't want to miss any of the case. So, I think most of America's was a, like that, honestly. Yeah, I think I, I don't know, yeah, I. I just feel like because it was in California, in Southern California, that it was a little bit more. But and he was super guilty. I'm sorry. Oh my God! <laughs> like that's the one thing that you don't like going through and watching this FX series all over again. You're like, yeah. holy Lord! I forgot how guilty he was because he kind of <laughs> forgot about it, and then it became a joke because like Norm Macdonald had the punchlines, and it's just yep. like even like even in my comedy, I make an o like I make an OJ joke, and now I'm like, I'm not saying it again. I I gotta. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cap it for like another six years because like it's back out. Yeah, it's back. Like out. it's really, like it already, it already draws groans, and that yeah. was twenty years after. And now I feel like it's so fresh in everybody's mind. Now I could really turn the crowd. There's a couple times where I have to pick up the microphone stand just to be able to fend people off, just in case. Knock away. And that would be one of them. They could get ugly. Well, you really of, have to win him over. Speaking of Norm Macdonald, uh, Adam, I because uh, we do a little research on this on this web, on, <laughs> on this podcast, and I went to your site and I saw your um, your bit or your your act. I'm sorry on uh, on your site, and uh, I too every time I think of Jesus, I picture or I hear Norm Macdonald in my head. Stop it! You do I, not. I, I totally do. <laughs> every time I think of anybody, I I hear Norm Macdonald in my head. <laughs> He's just got a, such a great dismissive voice. Yeah, that's just like, yeah, that's just what he would sound like. Even in his KFC commercials, he's Norman. Oh, he's KFC. Right. He's he's been replaced. Now it's I Jim know. Gaffigan. Oh no! Scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Scandal. <laughs> well, Adam, since we have you here and you are the oh. fantasy expert, 
I wanted to I wanted to ask you a couple questions, um, basically, so I can use your responses against you. Right. Well, we're in a league, yeah. so now I'm obviously going to lie. So I'm going to have to just That's warn everybody. Saying. Right. Yeah. Probably a lot of this is not going to be truthful. But I think Ty would think Adam was going to lie, so Adam's not going to lie to try to fool Ty thinking that he was telling the truth. There you go. That's deep. Solid. Solid I'm reasoning. <laughs> All right. So on Twitter today, I was uh, having a couple of conversations, and uh, we were discussing two stud running backs that are both coming back from major injury. You have Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Charles. So I'm curious of those two, because now Le'Veon Bell hasn't even been cleared to run yet. Granted, it's February, but Jamal Charles is ahead of schedule. I'm curious which of those two players do you prefer for 2016? I like Le'Veon Bell a little bit more, and mm -hmm. uh, I hate to be the guy who is a name dropper, but I don't hate it enough to keep me from doing it. So I will say, I will say, when I was at the Madden Bowl during the mm -hmm. Super Bowl, Le'Veon Bell walked up, and I was like, oh, it was like, I had the microphone down, and I'm like, I go, hey, I go, seriously, like, real talk. Like, are you okay? Like, is everything coming along? And he goes, yeah. He's like, totally cool. Like, you know, and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, the mic's obviously not on. He's like, no, 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 it's totally cool. He's like, it, he's like, I'm feeling great. Like, everything's on schedule. He's like, so don't even worry about me. So and I also, you know what? He's a he's a younger back. Mm -hmm. He's also uh, this was you know his first major injury. So yeah. I'm not going to hold it against him. Jamal Charles though seems to be. Um, this is now the second time that he's had a a significant injury. He's also in that um, Kansas City offense where Andy Reid will go long periods of time and forget that he has a player like Jamal Charles. And then he has to go into his interview afterwards and be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I I just forgot to give him the ball in the fourth quarter." Like you learned. How did you forget like this? Yeah. Oh my God, it's amazing. So I'm gonna back away from the from the Jamal Charles thing. I feel like Jamal Charles is left for that person in your draft who uh, probably doesn't know better, but just knows the name and just thinks like, "Oh, Jamal Charles is great," and drafts him. And I'm like, I'll leave it for you know, that person to take them. I'll go uh, wide receiver because I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with that and feel a little bit safer. Yep. So uh, Le'Veon Bell would be the only one in the first round I would go after because I feel that Charles, despite everything, will still end up going in the first round of most of your drafts. Well, Adam, I think you just ripped Ty's heart out and <laughs> are probably, like, urinating on it right now because Ty is the biggest Jamal Charles Fan, the biggest. I don't know anybody else who's a better, a bigger fan than any other player. He loves Jamal Charles, so I, we're I love all happy. <laughs> no, he's a great player, and I do understand your reasoning, and I think that is a major issue. This is the second major injury, and I think you're going to see, like as uh, as the summer goes on and more news comes out, I think both of them will be end up, you know, end up in the first round. So. For uh, sure, and I and I love Charles. I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember yeah. when uh, EA Sports would make the NCAA game, mm -hmm. and I had uh, I forget what year it would have been, like two thousand five. Whenever Charles was a rookie at or, or rookie, whenever he was a freshman at Texas. Texas, and I don't remember if he wore twenty five at Texas or not, but I remember looking him up because you know it's just the numbers. And you're like, like, oh, this guy's one of the top rated running backs coming in. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna run him, you know, and I used him. 
in mm-hmm. my connected franchise. And then he got drafted. I'm like, oh yeah, like, and I told him this story, and he's like, you're a lunatic. Don't ever talk to me again. Uh, you told him this story. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I was playing a connected franchise, and I was using Texas when you were a freshman, and then I kept it, kept you for four years, and I was able to talk you out of going pro after your junior year. <laughs> Pretty proud of myself. And he's like, oh, he's like, I wouldn't have listened to you. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but the Jamal Charles on the game did. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. That is so crazy that you can actually like draft players in Madden and then go talk to them and say, listen, I'm, I'm using you right now in my game, and uh, you kind of blew the game for me. No, <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it has become like, because uh, I remember uh, not even five, six years ago, it was really a thing with players, like, hey, do you play fantasy, and it's super cool, and like talking to them about stuff like that. Now... Fantasy's become so mainstream, you don't even bring up that conversation anymore. But it's still pretty cool to talk. Like They still want to talk Madden. And a lot of these guys, they, they don't like fantasy, but they love talking Madden. And uh, they love MJD, so it's always cool. Like Because they always want to talk about Like Le'Veon Bell was calling out MJD and Teddy Bridgewater and all these guys. <laughs> so it's awesome, yeah. And it's like, and you know, like I'm trying to remember who it was who had like an awesome... A uh, Mutt Legend card that was actually better <laughs> than the player ever was. It was oh it was, yeah yeah yeah. It was one of the Finneran brothers, Brian Finneran, who's a local kid out here in California, who played uh-huh. in the NFL with the Falcons and was okay. But his Mutt card is like gold. Stud. And you see him, you're like, dude, your Mutt card's so amazing. And he's like, oh yeah, I know. And like they're stoked on that. I, I they know. Don't wanna... <laughs> like oh no. Like of course you would. <laughs> Rancho Santa Margarita kid, like all right. I uh, yeah, it's funny because like who else? Was, oh, like Devonte Freeman. Like when we were we were doing an interview and like somebody was like, hey, like they're yelling about his fantasy team, yeah. and uh, I shouldn't call him out like this, but he was like, I'm like, yeah, I bet you hear that a lot. And he's like, yeah, but then you know, so he's just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, but when you start talking Madden, like these guys get so into it, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, they grew up playing it, probably. You know, I mean, most of course, yeah, everybody did. Guys. Yeah, who yeah. hasn't who hasn't played Madden at one time in their lives or another? Yeah, but John who Madden hasn't... Sign away those, didn't John Madden sign away those rights for like like fifty grand, like the first <laughs> yeah. year? You know, oh yeah, it was it was yeah. he he uh he tells the story that like you know EA came up to him and was like, hey, you know, uh, we would we we would really like you to be a partner with us, you know, and buy in and invest some money. Like, bro, I'm not gonna, I gave you guys my name. I'm not going to sign. Like, now you want me to pay for it? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, it becomes a cultural phenomenon. Now he's kicking himself. Yeah. Like, oh, I could have been, that would have been some nice money to have. But That's kind of like Hulk Hogan with the Forming Grill, right? Didn't they Didn't they approach Hulk Hogan yeah. first? And he's like, nah. Yeah. Uh, no, bro. He went with like a, <laughs> no, <bro. laughs> with like a juicer or something. Right. Or the pasta maker. And totally whiffed on the Foreman grill. That's absolutely true. And we would Wally joined We would have never found out. George named his sons George, 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 George. <laughs> All right. Yeah. George, you ever seen Dude, it? Like, it like revived his boxing career too because he started getting such notoriety. It's like, I might as well go fight again. And then he wins the heavyweight title. And you're like, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All because of the George Foreman grill. All because of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. 
a, a buddy of mine is a huge wrestling fan, and he told me that you're a huge wrestling fan. So yes, sir. He wanted me to ask you this: uh, Who do you think the main event? Uh, who do you think will win the main event and go face Triple H at WrestleMania? Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, or Dean Ambrose? Which I have no idea. Um, I'm hoping that they're going to do the most entertaining thing and have Brock Lesnar go out and fight Triple H because it's you know even if you like you're as you're sitting there saying I don't know who any of these people are. I know who Brock. Everybody Lesnar knows is, yeah. who Brock Lesnar is. Yes. Right. Right. It's insane not to have him in the title match in the main event. Uh, so I hope he wins it and because uh, that would be the best. And uh, then he would beat up Triple H and it would be a lot of fun. And uh, so that's what I'm hoping for. Well, the only wrestler I knew was Bruno San Martino because my father used to make us watch him because he was Italian. So that's, <laughs> that's about how my father's off-the-boat Italian. So you got to watch sense. this guy. He's a Bruno San Martino. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Adam, what's uh, you know in that league we're in? It's it's redraft, and I'm curious. I don't necessarily hear too much dynasty talk from you guys. I don't think. Um, what is your favorite fantasy format? Is it, you know dynasty, redraft, DFS, best ball? Ah, well, I uh, I know I'm I'm a little remiss uh, that I didn't set these up as dynasty leagues because they're a lot of fun, but I think with the, it depends because like a lot of casual people might not enjoy it as much, and there's a really a lot more strategy. So redraft is uh, usually the way to go in, in that instance. But uh, I do I, I I like redraft. I like dynasty. But honestly, like all things being said, and I don't know, this is probably going to be an unpopular position. I really love the daily fantasy aspect, and I really I really like the option of playing the guys that I want to play week in and week out. I'm mm -hmm. in a dynasty league, or it's more like it's a keeper league, but it's a keeper. It's kind of like how plan B free agency used to be in the NFL, where it's like you keep most of your roster. Right. And for whatever reason, there was some chicanery that went on. I was supposed to have the, I was supposed to have the top pick in our, uh, in our, in our draft for the rookies. Mm -hmm. And the St. Louis fan somehow ended up with number one and got uh, Todd Gurley. And now it's uh, like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to be in this league if I can never have Todd Gurley. And I have a nice team. I like Andrew Luck. I got Antonio Brown, um, D-Hop. No, I'm sorry, Allen Robinson, Adrian Peterson. So I got a good team, mm -hmm. but it's like, ah, man, like this sucks. <laughs> like I ended, up with, uh, I ended up with Melvin Gordon. Because like I couldn't make the draft, and I'm like, how the fuck? Oh, sorry. How the no, you're, hell? You're good, man. Just let it out. <laughs> okay. How the fuck did I end up with Melvin Gordon? Because there, that's the last guy that I would want. He's not gonna be good. And so I think I'm done with that. But I, I like daily. I, I think daily is like super enjoyable, and um, and I, I, I think it's, um, I think that even if the, the, the the way it stands currently, uh, if they have to make some changes and make it less illegal or whatever, I still think that format's the best. I think, actually, if you play in the NFL UK leagues, it's similar to uh, to Daily Fantasy where it's like, you can just pick whoever you want. you got to make them fit under a salary cap. I think that's enjoyable. I think that's a lot of fun. I think there's 
also a lot of strategy in that way too, and um, it rewards you for finding danger zone type players. So I really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I actually played a lot of DFS last season and uh, the year before, and I definitely agree with you. Um, I, I, it's typically I'm I'm dynasty first and then DFS second, because like what you were mentioning about dynasty, the strategy that goes into it, and it, it is very rewarding whenever you 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 draft these rookies and then they hit. Um, kind of like you're talking about yeah. Todd Gurley. You get Todd Gurley on your team for a dynasty team. You're set for years. Um, whereas you know DFS. You know, Jamal Charles goes down. I'm like, okay, well, next week's a new week. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. You're not like your your redraft team is screwed. Like in Dynasty, at least it's like, uh, so what do I do? Can I make long term can I make long term trades or anything like that? So, yep. so at least so, the DFS gives you a, a couple of extra options. I stink at DFS. I hate DFS. <laughs> I'm just no good at it. <laughs> I'm just no good at it. Dynasty I love. Redraft is cool. But DFS is just, uh, it's too much time for me, I think. Even though it's like set it and forget it, but I'm always tinkering. Like with Dynasty or Redraft, you have your team, you have your starters, here's my nine, my nine best players. But in DFS, there's so many options. I'm like, wait, but if I if I go cheaper at running back, I could go heavier, more expensive at right. receiver, and then, and then and I'm, I always do the wrong thing. Always. <laughs> I'm overthinking it, yeah. So, Adam, yep. coming into 2016, obviously it's very early. We haven't had free agency movement. We haven't had the NFL draft. But uh, what is one player, maybe just in your NFL network offices, that you guys, that you guys are kind of you're hearing a lot of buzz about that you are not buying? One player that everyone else loves except you? Oh, man. That's, I remember last year it was uh, – I wish it would have been Amir Abdullah. I wish I would have been the one contrarian who didn't like him. Like, everybody <laughs> jumped on. Um, I really – you know, for me, it's not necessarily players because, as you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that can still happen and a lot of stuff that, um, uh, that needs to unfold. I usually find myself advocating – players who nobody really likes or higher on players than I should be. There really isn't anybody who I'm scared of except in the fact except in the vein that I really don't I'm really committed to not drafting a running back in the first two rounds. Mm -hmm. I just don't I just can't do it anymore. And I know uh, uh, in the league that we were in, uh, well the league that we're in, I think we should tell everybody that I've set it up to where you play just one running back. Uh, yeah, but it's all there's also no more PPR scoring, so it's going to be a little bit more advantageous for running backs. Yeah, but we have more flex positions. So if you want to load yes. up with running backs and if you hit on a Chris Ivory or something like that, it helps out a lot. But I think in most traditional leagues, I, I go, I really just don't think that there's um, there's a uh, there's a need to draft a running back in those first two rounds, especially when you start looking at the mock drafts and seeing uh, the guys – who are falling, um, depending on uh, where Matt Forte falls down. Like, he's mm -hmm. one of those guys who's going to end up as a great value. There was somebody I was talking about the other day who I feel is going to be a Doug Martin-type player. I think somebody like C.J. Anderson mm -hmm. is uh, somebody who I'm really intrigued about because I feel that anybody who drafted him this year is going to be so thoroughly disgusted, like, oh, I'm not drafting that guy again, and People will be a little bit unsure, and he'll probably sneak into the fourth or fifth round, 
and then you end up with them, and then he ends up, and as long as your wide receivers hit, then you've, boom, you've got a great team. So it's really, for me, I, I find myself, although I feel like more people are starting to come around to my way of thinking, um, it's more of the positional type things as opposed to the players, because it's really not outside of Jamal Charles. Um, <laughs> there's really not a guy that I'm looking at that I'm just like, Nah, I'm done. Although last year, like it was, uh, I remember not being on the Latavius Murray bandwagon, mm-hmm. and uh, I was pretty proud of myself for that, even though yeah. I loved Amir Abdullah. So I can never really be too happy. That's a, that's a great thing about fantasy is it's like, man, like I loved Allen Robinson, but you know what? I loved Amir Abdullah. So you never want to get too cocky or too high on yourself right. or anything like that. But they're really, I, I we're because we're doing the podcast now and everything. There really hasn't been. A knockout drag. I've actually been advocating more people, which is weird for me. I'm usually the guy who doesn't like anybody. But uh, I'm trying to remember. Marcus and I had uh, Marcus Grant. We had a we exchanged some blows on a player, and I can't. So this is a great story. Um, or maybe <laughs> maybe it's a tease to go listen to the fantasy podcast. But Ooh. Ooh. Uh, no, I, I, that's cheesy. I didn't mean to do that. But, <laughs> no, that's cool. NFL oh, I wish life. I could remember, but yeah, I'm. Um, you know what? I will say though, somebody who uh, I will tell you who I love, love, love coming for the coming season. Uh, I really believe that Amari Cooper is going to be this year's Allen Robinson. So I'm stoked on that guy, yeah, and I, I think that, that Raiders team, I think that Raiders team, could be very special this year, and I think um, they're going to be the ones that that draw a lot of fantasy points and everything. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Last year I was uh I was a big proponent of Michael Crabtree going into that 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 team there. Just figured that Amari Cooper was gonna just uh come in and basically do what people hoped he would do. And Derek right. Carr definitely advanced. So I think you're you're dead on with the Oakland Raiders taking another step forward this year. Yeah, and then Crabtree was pretty good too. Like it was a very nice uh wide receiver three option for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, he outscored Emmanuel Sanders, so that's, I mean, that's somebody right. that's pretty decent. He came pretty close to Eric Decker, but, um, you know, I remember last year, I, I was listening to your podcast, and I know you were you were high on Doug Martin, as was I, uh, but the guy that I remember you kind of being a little tentative about that everyone was wanting to go for was Devontae Adams, because after Jordy got hurt, you know, you started seeing Devontae Adams go in the top five rounds, top four rounds. Right. I remember you just kind of being a little tentative about that, so that was a good call. Ah, thanks. But I like Demir Abdullah, so let's not get too crazy. <laughs> yeah, see, and I like Zach Zinner. So. Oh, I love uh, Zach Zinner. That's a fun. That was a good one. <laughs> I, I like him too. Like I, I kind of liked him, and I'm like, man, I would. I just uh, the one thing that stood out to me about him was like, man, I go, I know small co- small college running backs can come in and make an impact, but I, Amir Abdullah was pretty good in the Big Ten, and I'm like, oh, that's got to mm-hmm. mean something, and it meant nothing, so it was awesome. <laughs> well, maybe it will this year, because now they cut Joy Cabell, so. Right. More, uh, I'm not I'm not going back there. I can't do it. Can't do it. No, I'm going back. I'm doubling down <laughs> on my own bad ideas. Well, Adam, since you, do me a favor, please, and do every Calvin Johnson fan and owner a favor. Since you see a, a, a lot of these NFL players, could you beg him and ask him not to retire? Please. Please, please. I need him for my teams. He is, I built around Calvin Johnson, and I need him. I just need him. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. I um, I know. I I, I think as a uh, as a fan of of watching people perform at the highest level, I really really wish he would stick around because I enjoy watching him play, even though he's uh, playing for a rival team. But you know what? At the same time, I'm uh, I I, I kind of like the trend of these guys retiring maybe a little bit earlier than a little bit too late, and uh, you know, going out with some dignity. And so, unlike Peyton, but doing the anti-Peyton Manning, I guess, instead of hanging around and being an embarrassment and having your teammates drag you to a title, you know what? Go out while you're still on top. I, I think there's uh, something to be said for that. So, unfortunately, Dynasty Frank, I would, I can't, I can't promise you that I'm going to do that. He's leaving, though. You, you, I mean, in your in your mind, what you're hearing, he's he's definitely gone. Yeah, I think everybody's just assuming that he's gone. I think it would take a, a a wild change of heart for him not to retire. Damn it! Damn it. Sorry. Damn. Well, Adam, don't put that on me. You're acting I, like it's my fault. I know. Now. No, see, you no, just confirmed what we right You just confirmed our fears. That's all it was. <laughs> I was thinking maybe if New England comes calling, saying, "Listen, we'll throw a, a second rounder to Detroit. We'll pick up." Or maybe Detroit lets him go so he can side with New England or someone. I'm just hoping. I'm grasping at, at straws here. I'm just hoping. I, that, that I will co-sign on. But I uh, I don't know. I don't know how many teams are going to be like, oh, let's do something cool for New England. I just don't see. Right. Like That's not that's not at the top of Detroit's list. <laughs> well, Adam, I got a couple, uh, couple of quick things here real quick before we let you go. Uh, okay. I know you're, you're a Bears fan, correct? That's correct. So, so Matt Forte is a goner. Yes. Um, Alshon Jeffrey's probably coming back. It sounds like. Um, yeah, they'll franchise you, him. Yeah. What do you? How do you feel about Jeremy Langford? I really like him. I was uh, I was reading Matthew Barry's rankings. I'm always interested to see what he's got to say. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that he had him so low because, I mean, if Langford, I mean Forte's gone. I'm like I look at him as being a a potential top five running back and he's again somebody that you look at if you're gonna if you're gonna skip running backs in the first couple of rounds and really load up on wide receivers that mm-hmm. if Jeremy Langford's for you there in those middle rounds four five six be like I'd be very happy with him as my RB1 and I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice about it. Nice. I just traded for him so thank you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well uh, Adam I want to thank you for coming on. This is awesome man. Yeah, seriously. Thank you very well, much. Pleasure. Honestly, was all on my side of the phone. No, no, well, no. I love doing it. Let's uh, let's not be strangers, and uh, let's do it again sometime soon. We'll definitely have. Did you have any uh, shows coming up? Somebody, somebody can go see you. I'm doing a bunch of open mics. I'm trying to hone, trying to hone the act once again. That's what happens when the season's over. You got to go back, uh, work on some stuff, take out all the OJ jokes because those aren't as funny anymore because it's <laughs> it's in the news. Give um, it and years. just go and have a good. But uh, yeah, 20 years. I'll be throwing back out that how great OJ would be on Top Chef. So, but until that time, <laughs> until, until okay, let's end on that. All right, everybody, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Adam. thanks guys. Ty, I hope right. you can make it out to Vegas, or you too, Frank. You're more than welcome to come. But uh, we'll I'll talk to you Disney. later. I'll be in but, Disney, but I might leave my family in Disney to come out to Los Angeles, uh, to Las Vegas. Yeah, Las buddy. <laughs> to hang out. With Whatever. You guys. I, I got what you were saying. You know. Everybody knows. (laughs) All right. Everybody, that's the show for this week. We will see you next week.